you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody on the campus. Uh, seeing the lacrosse forest high school lacrosse team here glad you're all here thank you uh, for helping us this morning those joining us online all the men and women across the state of florida in our correctional facilities and across america that are joining us right now uh, via the pango app we're glad that you're with us and uh, hey it's uh, super bowl sunday you've already heard that uh, how many people are for the Bengals? Okay, six of you, one of you, yeah, Green Bay, so sorry, Aaron Rodgers, not. Hey, how, how many are you for the Rams? Okay, how many are for the commercials? Absolutely. How many are glad that hip-hop has made it to the Super Bowl, right? Hip-hop, hip to the beat, you don't stop rocking to the bang-bang booga, uptown booga, a booga to booga to beat. I say me, the gang, oh, sorry. A little old school on, some of y'all don't know where that's coming from. Uh, but I'm really glad that... You're like, wow, really? Absolutely. Hey, grab your Bible. Uh, we're going to have, I think, a great time to morning, this morning looking in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 22. We've been having a conversation for a few weeks just about, hey, how do you make the world better and brighter? Nobody argues that like there's a lot of craziness going on in the world, a lot of things that frustrate us, agitate us, irritate us. We see the pressure. We know there's problems. The question is, how do you and I make this thing called the world better? We're all done with complaining and griping about all the things that are happening. How can you and I step in? Jesus said these incredible words in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you're salt and you're light. Yo, go make the world better and brighter. So a very appropriate question this morning is, are we? To those of us who are Christ followers, are we making the world better or brighter? And, and how do we make the world better and brighter? We talked a couple weeks ago about valuing people, right? Just stepping into people's life and just value them. They, it, listen, if they're a person on this earth, they have been created in God's image, regardless of what they think, how they vote, how they identify, all the things that we often get kind of irritated, they are valuable. Last week, we talked about connecting. There's a huge difference and I hope you practice this week the difference between communicating, just saying something, compared to actually connecting with people. Now, this morning, uh, the word that we're going to look into is, 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 is serve. And I realize that's not a sexy word on a Sunday morning, but let me put it in play this way. Is that, that when you experience good service, it makes your day better and brighter. When you go to a restaurant and the service is good, it's at the next level, you have a good experience. L listen, your day is better and brighter compared to when you've gone to a restaurant or you've gone to some type of service organization and the service has been less than par. It makes you irritated. You're kind of mad. You're, I can't believe it. I came, I, I bought this and that's how they're going to serve me. Listen, we are at our best when we serve and often we're at our worst when we pull up and we think everybody should do something for me. Here, check it out from the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 22. Within minutes, they were bickering. Who is that? That's the disciples. They gathered together. Over which one of them would, in, would be the greatest? Jesus intervened and he said, 
kings like to throw their weight around and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles. It's not gonna be that way with you. Let the senior among you become like the junior. Let the leader act the part of the servant. This is countercultural. Just like then, like now, people argue about who's first, who's better, who's smarter, who's faster, who's taller, who's, you know, IQ score, who's AT, all the things we get kind of in a spirit of competition. And Jesus said to Christ followers. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, this doesn't, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're a Christ follower, he said, listen, instead of pushing your way to the top, choose to serve. Rather than being into the titles of the world, follow my example and lean in and help people. I heard a quote way back in the day, my girls were small, by a guy named Chuck Swindoll. And he said this, life is a lot like tennis. The person who serves best wins. Now just let that settle for a second. It makes sense in a tennis match, but most of us don't walk around thinking, hey, hey, listen, I'll be the best. I'll have the most success in life if I serve the best. We want to be served. There's even the perception that once you become like the boss man, everybody serves you. Ever work for a boss like that? That's not, that, that right? Or, or, or listen, if I get all the money and I have everything, then everybody will line up and they'll do how I want it to be. That's not satisfying. Parents, it's, it's good to set your kids up to be academic successful, to be athletic, um, had the right ACT and SAT scores and get into the right college. But let me just ask all the parents in the house, how are you deliberately, intentionally teaching your sons and daughters to serve well? A lot of employers in the house would be like, please start teaching your children how to serve well. If you want your children, get on any, get on any podcast of someone successful, whatever industry, and listen to it this week. They will talk about the core to their success. Talk about an athlete. Talk about an entrepreneur. Talk somebody in the tech space. Uh, whatever space, entertainers, they will talk about how when they stepped in and they served others, their success went to a whole nother level. Life is a lot like tennis. Those who serve best win. So how do we make this world better and brighter? Jesus sets us up. You got your Bibles. Check this out. John chapter 13. In your Bible or on the big Bible on the screen, watch this. It was just before... Passover, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in this world, he loved them to the end. Kind of makes sense, right? That's the Jesus story. He loves people. He's going to come. We've got the Easter moment coming up. He's going to die on the cross. He's dead for three days, and then he gets alive, and the whole world's great, right? Here we go. But notice verse number two. In that same moment, he's talking about loving people. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. In the very same space, talking about loving the world, we see the adversary, the opposition arrive. Your anxiety, my stress, things in the world that are unjust and, and unfair, those things are real. We don't push them, but it should not keep us from stepping in and making the world better and brighter to serving, serving people. At the end of the day, Jesus is motivated by love, this unconditional love that not just loving the people that you like, 
Not just loving the people who look like you, not just people who act and say and behave exactly how you want them to be, but even the people like Judas Iscariot who's about to betray him. You and I make the world better and brighter when we step into those troubled moments, when we step in those moments when someone's been unfair and unjust, when when it doesn't seem like this is how it should be, instead of us pulling back and pointing a finger and having BCD, blame, complain, and defend, we step into that dark space and we decide we will make the world better and brighter. Here, check it out, verse number three. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, check this, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. What's going on? Let me see if I can explain this. They're living in the Middle East. It's thousands of years ago. Hello, there's no toilets inside the house. There's no sanitation, right? And so they're walking, they're existing. And when they came into the house, and they were gonna share a meal together, it's not like they had um, an island in their kitchen. It's not like they had this table where they would sit on a chair and their feet would go under the table. They would all recline on the floor like this, and they would be eating, and all that stink from walking in donkey dung, human crap, all that stuff is on their feet, and here's the food. Not to mention, you realize they didn't have no life boy back in the day. You know that bacteria that grows underneath your armpits and starts to stink and all that kind of stuff? It's not the kind of environment that you're wanting to have a meal with somebody. So normally, there would be somebody, a servant, who would wash people's feet as they came in because it just made sense. Who wants to sit down and have a meal with all that stink up in your face while you're trying to eat the evening meal? But on this particular day, nobody was willing. Everybody's crossing their arms like, nah, that ain't my, l- l- listen, I'm a little better, I'm a little faster, I'm a little smarter, my score was better, I'm not doing it, and nobody, and so it's stinking in the room. So Jesus, God, pauses, gets a towel and a basin, and he says, I, the man who created the universe, Jesus, the one who'll go on the cross, reach out his arms and say, I love the world this much. He bends down and he begins to wash all that stank off their feet. He comes to this guy named Peter. Here, go back to your Bible. In verse five, after that, he poured the water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel and wrapped it. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, kind of a snarky, Lord, you're gonna wash my feet. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And then look at verse eight. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. It's kind of like, I don't think so. I I don't know what you've been smoking. I don't know what you've been thinking, but it ain't going down that way. I'm large and in charge. I'm in control. And let me tell you one thing that's not happening today. You ain't washing my feet. Some of us have that kind of attitude. 
We, we, we got the attitude of, of our success, and I'm, I'm for your success. I'm, I'm for all the great things we have in America, and your education, and what it says on your business card, and your scores, and all the, all the things that you and I would applaud about ourselves. But there comes a point in all of our lives that we have to come to if you're really going to serve, if we want to make the world better and brighter. If we don't want to make the world better and brighter and just continue to have all the chaos, we don't have to lean into any of this space. But if we want to make the world better and brighter, we've got to come to a point where we realize that our security isn't going to come from all of our accolades, from all of our success, all of our titles. At the end of the day, our security comes from our relationship with God. The difference in these two people, Jesus and all of his security. He's God. He created everything. He doesn't have to do this, but he is secure. He knows who he is. He knows what his purpose is. He's established his priorities so he can lean in and wash their feet. Why? Because what he does doesn't determine who he is. So many of us were convinced, if I do this and I don't do that, then I will be this. Rather than understanding that today, God loves you because he loves you. Jesus died on the cross because he loves you. You and I can't do anything today. I don't care what a pastor, a preacher, a, a priest, a rabbi, your grandma, your papa, I don't care what anybody's told you. You and I can't do anything to create more love from God towards us. He already completely loves you for who you are. Why? Because Jesus is secure. Now compared to Peter and all the other disciples, they're not secure. They're, they're not sure who they are. They're not sure what their purpose is. So they can't lean into this space. They don't have the ability to really lean in and serve others. And so how do you overcome insecurities? Like when you're not, fe like when you feel insecure because the world's out of control because you've, you've failed, uh, because you've been rejected, somebody has abused you. When you, when you are insecure, how, how do you overcome that? When you've got those soundtracks playing in your mind that you're not good enough and someone else is better and this person's more loved and they have a better advantage, when you have all that craziness going inside your ears, let me give you a couple tools. First tool is this. Always just ask yourself, is this true? Am, am I really not valuable? I, I, am I really a failure? Then you can ask the question, is this, is this kind? Would I think this way about somebody else? Is this helpful? Those three questions, is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? It will begin to help you push back against all that negativity. But let me give you the most important that develops security in your life. The strategy that when you're feeling insecure and you don't have the ability to really step in and have a sense of security and, and lean in and serve and make the world better and brighter, better and brighter, it's, it's God's word. The Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. It's a game changer. When this book the bible is in it happened for jesus jesus is being tempted his security is being challenged by satan check it out on matthew chapter 4 then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry the tempter came to him and said if you are the son of god he's challenging his security if 
you say you are, but I mean, if you really are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written. He began to quote scriptures. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus countered these lies with God's word. Look at verse five. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him sit on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son, again, if you say you're that good, you say that, that you've got a good plan, you say that you're really, all the, these questions. When your identity is being questioned, it's God's word. Jesus used God's word. Look what he says. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put your Lord, your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give you, he said. I'll, if you bow down and worship me, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What is your strategy? When, you, when you, you come to a point where your sense of security and your identity, what's been posted online, you're not having people follow or like, you don't feel like you're having the recognition that you deserve and you begin to feel less than, we need a strategy. First, is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? And then you go to God's word and use God's word to push back. But here's what I know right now. A whole lot of us right now, you're like, Thanks for telling me about Jesus, but that was Jesus, I'm just Mark. I mean, that's Jesus and he, he could do that, but my world is altogether different. Here, check out the big Bible on the screen in Hebrews chapter four. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Take your excuse and flush it down the toilet because everything you've gone through, all the pressure points, all the sense of insecurities that we've had in our life, Jesus Christ went through it, yet he did not sin. He modeled for us, it is possible to have a deep-rooted security when you are focused. See, watch this, watch this. Jesus was secure, and secure people are into towels. Peter was insecure, and insecure people are into titles. When you have a sense of security, I can step into any space, and I can serve somebody. I can lean in and help them. Notice John chapter 13 and verse 9. Then the Lord, Simon Peter replied. Remember the question was, hey, I'm going to wash your feet. The statement was, I'm going to wash your feet. The pushback from, from, from Peter was, no, 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 you ain't washing. This ain't happening. No way. You are not washing. You are not washing my feet at all, right? Then Jesus said, listen, if I, if I don't wash your feet, it ain't going, you got to understand this, it's not going to go well for you. And notice what Peter does and what I suggest for all of us. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. In other words, he came to a point where he declared his need for Christ. I, I can't do this on my own. Making the world better and brighter isn't something that I work up. It's something that I let out from 
Christ being in me. Do I have anybody in the house who's a part of the kidney stone club? Can I see your hand? Anybody have a kidney stone in your life? Three of us? Wow. <laughs> if, you, if you let your mind, not to give you any trauma this morning, but when you let your mind, I, I had no idea what was going on. I actually thought I was dying. And um, they asked me, Mr. Cummins, would you like to have some pain medicine? And I remember replying, I don't want just pain medicine. I want everything you got. Inject everything you got into my body because I'm about to die. That's what's happening. Peter's like, listen, don't just wash my feet. I need, if I'm going to be better and brighter, I need everything you've got. Clean everything. I want everything. Declare your need in Christ. But this is hard again for some of us. Accepting and receiving help for many is more difficult than serving because you're not in control. The idea of pausing and realizing that you have a need that you can't fulfill on your own and letting someone else step into that space declares that you're out of control. And so for some of us this morning, it's just as important. Our security isn't being in control. Sometimes our security is letting God be in control. Check out John 13 again. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. In other words, you all say that I'm master. You say that I'm rabbi. You say that I'm Lord. You're following me. Hello, I'm the leader and I just stepped up and I washed all the stink off all of your all's feet. Do you understand what I've just done for you? Look at verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I am 100% convinced that if church-going people would leave from sitting under the steeple on Sundays and go wash feet in the communities in which we live, in the, in the gyms that we work out at, in our high school and middle school campuses, and put down our rights and pick up the responsibility of being light and salt in the world, the cray-cray world that you and I complain about when you watch Fox News or watch CNN or MSNBC, it would change overnight. It's who we are. We're Christ followers. We're not Baptists. We're not Presbyterian. We're not non denoms We're not Pentecostals. We're not Catholics. We're not Jews. We're followers of Jesus. We've raised our hand. We said out loud, I'm a believer. I'm a follower. And by definition, a follower of Jesus doesn't just listen to what Jesus did from the Bible. They do what Jesus did. Did. Too many of us complain because it's not how we want it to be. We don't do this how we did. We're mad because this person says this or this person said that. We cross our arms. We scowl. We've got to step up into this space and understand that Jesus has modeled for us. I want a better and brighter world. I want better and brighter families. I want better and brighter high schools. I want better and brighter middle schools. I want better and brighter cities and counties and states and countries. Sean Hannity ain't bringing it. Your politicians ain't bringing it. 
God has a plan to make the world better and brighter. It does not have to be this way. If we would get off our blessed assurance and step out and be the salt and be the light, be better and bright that Jesus has designed us. Why? Why? Here, go back. It says this. I've set you up as an example that you should do as I've done for you. Verily, truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. What's in play? Here's the principle. People do what people see. People do what people see. Leadership and influence is more caught than it is taught. A lot of us have the posture of Moses Remember the story of Moses in Exodus chapter 2? One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that. Anybody seen what I'm about to do? Looking this way and that, seeing no one... He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. I wonder what you've killed. Maybe it's not a person, but maybe you've killed someone's dreams by your posts online. Maybe you've killed somebody's security by words that you said. Maybe you've stolen someone's joy because you are a negative Nelly and you just are critical about anything and everything. And then you try to bury it, try to blame it. That's what Moses did. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over you? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? In other words, they saw him that day. Let me say moms and dads, your kids are watching you. I think they made a country music song about that, didn't they? They're watching. It's not about our lips. We've got to graduate beyond. Listen, you're all, as an adult, you're all frustrated because politicians say, do as I say, not as I do. Let me tell you something, moms and dads, you're doing it every day in your home. You got a model. We got a model. Being light and being salt, being better and bright means that because of our security, we can step in and we can live our lives in such a way that it makes the world better and brighter. Here, let me land our Bible study with this. In your Bible, look what it says in John 13 and 17. At the very end, Jesus has modeled what servanthood looks like. It's motivated by love. You have a deep security in who God is. You got to understand that, listen, what gets done has been seen. Leadership is, is, influence is more caught than it is taught. And look what it says in verse 17. Now that you know all these things, my friends who are watching online, my friends who are in the Florida Correctional Center, now that you know all these things, men and women who are in this space on Sunday morning, now that you know all these things, you will be blessed if you go to church more. That's what it says, right? You'll be blessed if you only listen to Joy FM. You'll be blessed if you make sure your kids are in the right kind of school. You'll be blessed if, if what? Come on, talk to me. 
if you do them, if, if we'll do them, we, we don't need another sermon. What we need is men and women like you and me to step out in our everyday life and to be light and be salt because the Bible says you will be blessed if you do them. I want you blessed. I want you to win. I want you to be successful. But you have to make a decision this morning. Will you be blessed doing it the world's way, doing it a educational way, doing it a financial way, doing it a physical way, or will you be blessed and will your children be blessed if you choose today to believe God in its word and do it a spiritual way? So again, let me give you two things. A couple of things to practice. Number one is this. Is you've got to deepen your security with God. You gotta get, you gotta get deeper down with God because the pressure is going to come. Jesus is sitting with the disciples. He's telling them how much he loves them. The plan of going to the cross is happening, and there's Judas, Iscariot. He's about to do a disastrous deed. Our insecurities, you know what I'm talking about, when you when you feel like you're less than best. When you gave it your best, but you failed, and you begin to sense insecurity. When people have rejected you, that insecurity that begins to bubble up inside of you. When the whole world seems like it's out of control. When you feel dumb or inadequate, people make fun of that, that loss of security. When you're not as noticed as you once were, when the skill sets don't seem to bring the same kind of applause or compliments, when you're overlooked, when it feels like wrong is done and it's unfair and it's, it's unjust and you're hurt, when all those insecure feelings bubble up inside of you, you've got to have a plan to go deeper with Christ. So let me, let me help you because it's not going to help. I'm, I, I can't do it for you on a sermon on Sunday. But I did put some Bible verses together. And you can take a picture of these. I will also be sending them out on the recap uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. But when you feel those insecurities, when you feel insignificant, when you feel like a failure, you've got to have God's word to put in play to push back against that darkness. Otherwise, you'll stay insecure and there won't be any motivation inside of you to step in and make the world better and brighter. And this crazy world will just keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier. So take a picture. I'll also put it on recap uh, for you. If you're not getting our recap, you can just text the word recap to 63566. The word recap, 63566. I'll send it to you tomorrow. Here's the second thing. So first, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, get, you gotta get deeper right? You, you got you to gotta build up your lung capacity. The Forest lacrosse team, coach is going to put you through some wind sprints. He's going to put you in an uncomfortable space so that in the height of the battle, in the middle of the game, you'll have the, the depth of your, your physical aerobic lung capacity that you won't quit you won't give less than you will stay if that's true for the forest lacrosse team it's true for us in our everyday lives in our relationship in our marriage at work in our schools let me give you a second thing 
You gotta make a decision. You gotta, you gotta deepen. You gotta, you gotta get deeper because when you get deeper in Christ, you'll be more secure. You'll understand who you are in Christ. Second thing is this. You gotta serve outside your comfort zone. You, I'm just telling you, you're way, we are way too comfortable. All the success that you're looking for in your life is outside your comfort zone. Every, I, I, I want you to be successful. Where's coach at? Coach, you backstage? You hiding from me, coach? Come out here, coach. Coach, you want this team to be successful? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I know when they come to practice, you're gonna be like, hi, everybody. <laughs> Today's practice, we're focusing on comfort. Let's see, who will lead us in some comfort exercises? Is that how coach is? So who said yes? <laughs> okay, coach. Little extra, right? But, but listen, we would say he is a poor coach if his focus was to keep his team comfortable. Oh, they don't like it in the moment. Oh, they're like, oh my goodness, has he lost his mind? My goodness, is Mona mad at him? I mean, why are we doing so many extra sprints, right? Coach loves them. Coach's purpose is to get them outside of their comfort zone. They like it in the fourth quarter. And, and, and hey, one of the reasons, I really believe one of the reasons in North America things are so dark right now and so messed up is a lot of guys like me, pastors, we, we thought it was our job to keep parishioners comfortable. Hades, no. My job is your fourth quarter. Because here's the deal. At the end of your life, it's you and God, and you will give an account. And the kind of experience you want to have at that moment with God, it's not going to happen from your comfort zone. It's going to happen from being courageous. So let me show you how I've, I've helped them. Thanks, Coach. Is on our webpage, you can, you can go to our webpage, and you can go through it. At the very top, there's different partners. You can click on this, and it will populate, and you can scroll down. All kinds of different partners. Go serve them this week. Find out which one means something to you. Kids Central, Boys and Girls, Kimberly Center, Cut Different, whatever it is, find someone. If it's not on this list, go, go make your own list. Hey, um, um, they'll put the, the webpage for the, um, the church up in, um, someone help me, Kentucky, in just a minute. Write a big old check this morning and send it or get online and, and give a gift to, to Kentucky. Find a place outside of your comfort zone. Make it uncomfortable. My muscles grow when I extend them beyond their comfort zone. Until you get outside of your comfort zone, you will never experience all of God's plans and purposes for your life. The Bible says in Luke 6 and 31, do to others as you have them do to you. Colossians 3 and 23, whatever you do, wherever you go, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ who you are serving. I don't know where you might be on the dusty trail called life. I know this, the ultimate place to root yourself 
to deepen yourself is in a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, it's not about you stop doing bad things and start doing right things. It's not about you going to church more. It's about you coming to the point in your life that you realize that Jesus Christ loves you. He died on the cross to save you. You can't save yourself. And right where you're sitting today, or men and women in our Florida Correctional Facilities, right where you are, you can have a conversation with God just like this. Hey God, it's me. Today, I trust you as my savior. I can't fix me and I can't save me, but I ask you to come into my life. And to all who are beginning that relationship, welcome to God's family. Love to help you continue to grow. You can text the word today to 63566 or drop a comment in our online chat space. However, we can come alongside and serve you and to help you grow and go to be who God created you to be.